Hey now, welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. My name is Dave Lorenzo, and we have a really interesting, unbelievable show for you today. This is the 42nd show we've done so far this year, and it's the very first time we're talking about selling your business. That's right. This is the event that you've been waiting for ever since you were a little baby entrepreneur. You dreamed of the day you could take home a big bag of cash and go to the Bahamas, go to the Cayman Islands, go to Monaco, wherever you want to go when this is over for you. You see, here's the thing. Whenever I start working with a new entrepreneur or a new professional, I say to them, how does this end for you? And they look at me like a deer in the headlights. They look at me confused, befuddled, even completely and totally baffled, like they never heard the question before. Well, I am preparing you today for that question because it's coming. And if you wanna know what you need to do to get your business ready for sale, we've got the exact guy for you. We've got Brad Mart with us today, and this is what he does all day, every day. This is how he's built his empire, by selling your business the best way he can for the most money he can. Sit back and get a notebook because you are gonna go to school on how to sell your business. Please join me in welcoming Brad Mart to the Inside BS Show. Brad, welcome and thanks for joining us. We're really excited that you're going to teach us how we can get our businesses ready for sale. So thanks for being here. Uh, thank you. I, and, uh, it's good to be here and I look forward to the conversation. All right. So, Brad, let's talk about the the market conditions today, first and foremost. What is what is it like today for people who want to sell a business? Is it is it easier or harder because of, you know, global economic conditions? Well, the uh, if you look back at 2021 last year, we had a record year globally for M&A transactions. There were over 60,000 transactions reported, if you can imagine that number. Uh, about half of those were in the Americas, and uh, that represented, represented about a 24% increase over the prior year. And it was the biggest year we've ever had, the previous year being 2007 in the lead up to what was uh, quite a downturn, as we know. But it's been a remarkable uh, two-year run, and I see that continuing and really is a seller's market right now. But you clearly need to be thinking ahead and doing a lot of planning uh, to sell the business properly, and that's the hardest part. Okay, so talk about, so you have over 25 years of, of experience. Uh, talk about how you got into doing this in the, in the first place. And you're, from what I understand, and you correct me if I'm wrong, your, your target business, the businesses that you, you're looking to help are anywhere from like $5 million on up, you know, as much as $100 million, right? So how did you get started doing this? Yes, well, I started my career at GE Capital, uh, which was a very sophisticated lender and uh, investor in equity and companies back in the mid 80s and uh, have been doing deals and transactions ever since in different capacities. Uh, also been a business owner a couple of times over and founded Mart Partners back in 2005, which shockingly is uh, 17 years ago now which uh, has been a remarkable run and 
the first transaction I did back in 2005 was selling a very large company to Warren Buffett directly, which was uh, quite an experience. Did you, were you negotiating with him or somebody from his team? How does, how do you sell a business to Warren Buffett? How does that work? Yeah, well, it was uh, a really a direct relationship. I reached out to him and asked, uh, after doing probably five months of preparation uh, with a larger company, again, they were a billion six in revenue. And I really did my homework and research on what kind of companies he looked for. And uh, when I was ready, reached out to him directly and sent him a two-page fax, knowing I would get about seven seconds of his time, maybe. And uh, based on that two-page fax, he actually called me back and um, left me a voicemail of all things after about 15 minutes after I sent the uh, fax through to him. Oh, that's that's a great story. What a terrific uh, what a terrific story. Um, all right, so talk to us about you know you heard me in the show open talk about how when I say to people, hey, you know, how does this end for you? They kind of look at me like a deer in the headlights. Uh, you know, how how should people think about the exit and when should they start thinking about the exit from their business? Yeah, this is a question that I ask every time I get in front of a business owner. And that's that's the exact right question to be asking. When when and how does this end for you? And often it is a 60 to 65 year old owner who's been in the business, working on the business, heads down, you know, fighting the fight in the marketplace, winning new customers, uh, providing new products and services. And they really haven't thought about that part of the sort of end of their business career, which should be the culmination of everything they've done and built over time. Uh, so it's a question that I ask. And, and the interesting analogy that I like to use is looking at your own personal home that you own as a business owner. They know exactly that the house is worth $800,000, for example. They know that within 5% either way because they watch comparables all the time. They know the market for a four bedroom, you know, three and a half bath bedroom in their neighborhood. And not only do they know the value of that business, but they know exactly what they're gonna do after they sell that that company, I'm sorry, that that home that they live in. And they know whether they're going to downsize or upsize from there, where they're going to move, who they're going to use to help sell it, and any number of questions that you would want to know the answer to. But when it comes to what could be 90% of their net worth, the business that they've built, they don't know the answer to any of those questions. Yeah. So talk to me about the the aspects of the business that you look at the very first things you look at when somebody says all right Brad it's you know I'm I'm let's say I have a 5 year window I got a 5 year exit window uh help me think about what I need to do to get the maximum value from from my business are you looking at hard assets uh, uh only or do you look at goodwill do you look at their customer base what types of things are you looking at with a 5 year window let's say Right. And I think that is the right time frame to be looking at, at, at minimum a two year time frame, but ideally as much as five years. And really the question starts internally, not uh, with the company itself, but really understanding what as a business owner, my personal goals and objectives are, 
what's the lifestyle I want to lead? How soon do I want to start leading that life? And do I have the number in mind for what my lifestyle is going to require, which means working with wealth management people, tax planners, financial analysts, and really understanding those questions and answering them. And am I going to be happy in my next life post business ownership? And those are the really sort of softer questions that really have to be answered that are critically important. And then when it comes to the business itself, obviously look for increasing sales and increasing profitability first and foremost. And uh, those things have to be on the uptick to have the best outcome for a sale, which is uh, why you need to really not focus on timing the market and trying to sell at the absolute top but really being very planful and mindful of your opportunities in, in front of you and what your alternatives are. Okay, so I'm, let's say I'm a business owner and I don't know what my horizon is. I don't know, I don't know what my exit window is, but I know I'm, I'm way further out than five years. It, does it make sense for me like I, I, I'm a business owner. I already own my own home and so forth, but I'm renting office space. Does it make sense for me to start accumulating tangible assets? So instead of renting office space, maybe I buy an office building for the business. Um, you know, we start to buy uh, assets that don't depreciate, but appreciate. Like if we need a warehouse, maybe we, instead of renting warehouse space, we buy warehouse space. Does it make sense to accumulate hard assets? Does that help us? from a sales standpoint, or is it all about, you know, customers, goodwill, contracts, that sort of thing? What is, what is, what is, you know, if I have a long period of time, maybe I'm a, you know, a decade or more away, what, what advice can you give me to really enhance the value of my business? Yeah, that's a, a question every business owner should be asking. And it's really more the latter that you described there, where, Focusing on profitability and growth, most businesses are going to be uh, valued and uh, price determined based on discounted cash flows of what the future looks like, combined with comparable businesses out there that are of the same size and the same industry and the same general profitability. Uh, but the things that business owners need to focus on is really getting to their why, which is a, a term I steal from a client of mine who I've been working with for now seven years. And when I first started working with him, he was 50 and long way from retirement, really believed in his business and the potential and enjoying the work. But he said he wanted to get to his why, which meant I want to know whether I decide to sell the business or hold it and maybe get more professional management, run it and hold it longer term. I want to be able to make that decision on my terms. So I get the best outcome, regardless of whether I sell it or hold it. And like, and the key in saying that is you've got to make decisions as an owner throughout that window of, you know, whether it's five years or 15 years, really making decisions that are going to help improve the cash flow and stability of the company. And then you'll be prepared regardless of the decision that you make and when you make it. Okay. So Brad, I'm going to ask you a question now. I want you to, I want you to take a minute and give it some thought. I want the, the top three mistakes 
that people make when they're when they're selling their business, all right? But before you answer that, I need to remind folks that our show today and every day is brought to you by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. For over 35 years, Sandrowski has been helping people with their accounting from their offices in Metro Detroit and in Chicago. They work with folks all over the United States and they don't just work with any business, although they can help you with complex tax planning pretty much regardless of the business that you're in. Sundrowski's focus is on business valuation, forensic accounting, risk management, litigation support, and family office advisory. Now, people hear me talk about family office advisory and they think, hey, I'm going to go down the hall and sit in my family office and call Sundrowski. Well, it would be great if you were sitting in an office and calling Sundrowski. That's fine. But what a family office is, is it's essentially a company that's set up by affluent individuals or affluent families to manage their investments. Now, sometimes groups of families will get together and form what's called a multifamily office. And the benefit of doing this, if you're uh, a person of means or a family of means or multiple families you know, pooling your money together, the benefit of doing this is you get a look at investments oftentimes before anybody else, you get to privately invest in unique opportunities. Now, if you're thinking about forming a family office or you're a professional, say you're a trust and estates attorney or you're a corporate transactional attorney and you have clients who are affluent and they have been talking about doing something similar, you gotta give Sandrowski a call. Why? Because they wrote the book on this. They literally wrote the book on family offices and they can help you from an advisory standpoint. They can help you from an accounting standpoint once you have your family office set up. Here's how you can reach them. Give them a call at 866-717-1607, 866-717-1607. They can work with you on these types of matters anywhere in the United States. Sandrowski Corporate Advisors is a CPA firm with a different perspective. We are also brought to you by my Revenue Roadmap Guide. You're a professional. You want to grow your book of business? Here's what you need to do. You need to set up a plan, a business development plan. My preference is that the business development plan is based on relationships. I don't want you to have to worry about spending thousands of dollars on advertising. I have a step-by-step -step guide for you. It's the same guide I use with my clients, and I want to give it to you for free because I'm so grateful that you're joining us here today. Here's what you need to do. Go to RevenueRoadmapGuide.com, RevenueRoadmapGuide.com. Enter your contact info. Once you enter your contact info, you will immediately gain access to this tool that I use with my clients. You can customize it for you and your professional practice. RevenueRoadmapGuide.com. Download your free business development plan today. We're speaking with Brad Mart, and he's the person who helps people just like you with your business when you're ready to sell it. He's teaching us how to prepare our businesses for sale. If you want to reach out to him and engage him and help get his help with your business directly, you can call him at 317 775-0050-317-775-0050. I'm also going to put his email in the show notes. I've got his uh, website address in the show notes as well. His company is Mart Partners. All right. So Brad, talk to us about the three big mistakes that people make when they go to sell their business. Well, the three that I see on a regular basis is uh, number one, that uh, the business owner hasn't really selected 
the best and most experienced team to surround themselves with. And by that, I mean professionals who have specific deal experience going through multiple and numerous transactions. And they, they rely instead on someone who, in the, in the case of an M&A uh, attorney who deals with transactions on a daily basis, they may default back to their corporate attorney that they've used for 20 years that they've kind of grown up with in the business, but has never done a transaction. So that is critical. And then all the way down the line from an advisor to help them sell the business to uh, tax planning accountants that can help you with transactions and maximizing sort of the optimal uh, tax efficient way to get the transaction done. And sort of related to that is actually listening to that team of advisors that you've assembled. Uh, many business owners, as we all know, are hard charging and may not be as open to criticism and coaching and direction. And there's no way you're going to get the most out of your team and the best actual result for your transaction if you don't listen to that team and actually seek out their advice and direction throughout in a very proactive way. So that, that would be the first one that I see. The second one that I see on a, on a regular basis is business owners that are really trying to time the market. Business cycles can be, you know, on average seven years, but others can be five or 10. Uh, it really depends. And if a business owner is really trying to maximize their value and their exit, uh, you know, sort of funds and key terms and, and uh, relationship with the buyer going forward after the transaction, they often try to time the market. And if you're 65 and you hit a downturn in the economy and your overall industry, it may take you five to seven years to pull out of that downturn. And one of the interesting stats that I've seen recently is the average W-2 employee retires at 68 roughly, while business owners tend to retire in the 73 year range, which is again, five years later than a W-2 employees. And the frightening thing that we're all faced with is 78 years is the average lifespan of males in the U.S., while women is longer and later at about 81 years. But if you take that extra five years to retire, uh, it, it can be very detrimental to your sort of lifestyle and, and uh, really your enjoyment that you've built your whole life to, to create. And the, the third one is really getting hung up on price and price only in a transaction. So, uh, you know, first starting with having what could be unrealistic, unrealistic expectations of what the business is worth, but also discounting other factors in the deal, like amount of earnout that can be achieved over time in continuing to run and stay involved in the business, uh, consulting agreements that can be reached in the uh, running of the business in, in conjunction with the, with the new owners to the extent there's an interest and a passion to continue to, to stay in the business. And then also looking at maybe rolling over equity as well, where you can continue to be involved in the business and uh, participate in the upside after further growth, which might be three to five years with a lot of particularly private equity buyers. So those are things that need to be looked at more holistically than just, you know, sort of gravitating to price alone. Terrific. Thank you for that. That's great. Now, 
let's talk a little bit about how to how to think about your uh, your exit strategy when you're starting your business. And I want to do this by asking you a specific question. So let's say there's a little baby entrepreneur. He's just getting started out there now. And he wants to, you know, he, he loves business and he likes big ideas, but he wants to know what the best business is to start today so that he can plan his exit accordingly and you know when he's 65 be be ready to go and be done so the question i would ask you brad as somebody who's done this for 25 years somebody who's seen a lot of different businesses if you had to pick one type of business to work on selling what would that business be so if you were advising your son or your nephew who's starting a business, hey, this is the business you got to go into because it holds its value regardless of the economic conditions or whatever. What business do you like? Great question. I look at, um, you know, actually give that advice quite often, including to my three daughters who are in their 20s. And uh, they they sometimes listen to my advice, but uh, not always. Um but I actually, I think they followed it fairly well in, in the advice I've given them. But obviously, industries that have staying power that are going to be with us long term and with demographics and sort of growth in technology, what are, what are the businesses that have moats around them that are going to be protected from downturns and have long term growth potential? And when I, I say those things, the, the two that immediately come to, to mind are anything related to technology. Um, technology is continually increasing in uh, productivity and processing power at a cheaper and cheaper rate and disrupting industries in every direction. So technology, whether you're a W-2 employee looking to help a, help a big technology company grow or an entrepreneur is always a great path. And the second one, particularly because of the demographics and the aging population, we have 10,000 people in the United States retiring every day, uh, which is a staggering number. But obviously with that comes need for healthcare related uh, technologies, services, products. And, you know, that's the second, you know, leading industry that I would focus on. And then from there, I would look at characteristics of individual markets, meaning what's their growth and profitability. If the, if the margins and profitability in that industry aren't significant, it's going to indicate less career growth opportunities, less uh, profit potential as a business owner. And, you know, it can be any number of industries, but you've got to look at those factors and Clearly, as a young entrepreneur, what do you have a passion for and really uh, are going to enjoy working in is, is a huge factor that you don't want to overlook. All right. That's great advice. Now, Brad, talk to us about the power of the business owner's personal network, right? So you're, you're a business owner and you know, maybe you listen to this interview and you're starting to think, well, I got about 10 years. I got about 15 years before I have to think about selling my business. 
the advice that I give to people, and I'm curious about your thoughts on this, is listen, if you're in a highly specialized industry, or even if it's not a specialized industry, you need to know everyone in that industry. You need to have great relationships with everyone in that industry, especially your competitors. It needs to be a cordial relationship where you guys can pick up the phone and call each other because when you're ready for an exit, there's a good opportunity for you to talk to a potential uh, buyer who may be a competitor or who may be in an adjacent business that is complementary to your business. So the power of your personal network is valuable beyond just referring clients back and forth. And I work with, Brad, so many people, and I'm, I'm not climbing up on a soapbox here, but I work with so many people who think to themselves, oh, my competitors, I never want to talk to them. I don't want them to know what's going on. That's a huge, in my opinion, it's a huge mistake. You got to talk to your competitors all the time so that down the road, there could be, maybe there's an opportunity for you to buy them or for them to buy you. What, how do you feel about that advice? And, and do you often give similar advice to people? I, I actually, I do. I believe in the power of that as well. And, you know, more broadly uh, speaking about personal networks, it's hard to overestimate the importance in any number of, of ways, whether it's starting a business, growing a business, selling a business, that you tap into that network that you have and have built to find the right people to help you along the way from an advisory standpoint, to create new business opportunities as it relates to introductions to potential customers, potential joint venture partnerships, and potential suitors or acquirers, as you mentioned. And, uh, you know, it's widely known that you're going to get more money for your business and possibly much better terms if you sell to a strategic buyer who's already in your market and is looking to bolt on or ex extend and grow their business uh, relative to a financial buyer who's really looking at it as an investment uh, and looking at the direct returns out of that investment rather than leveraging, you know, the actual transaction in their existing business. But as it relates to your question about talking to competitors, I would put them in that same category that, you know, without giving away information about your company that's proprietary or closely guarded, uh, it can certainly be a, a good way of, of helping each other to advance the company, maybe understand uh, industry trends and, and what what each other is seeing, but in the end may be either a partner in a, in a joint venture or alignment in some ways, or an actual acquisition in either direction, frankly. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, let's, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about expectations. So you mentioned expectations earlier, people not having realistic expectations. There are, so there are some, in, pardon me, there are some industries where the valuation of the business is based on EBITDA, earnings before, interest tax, depreciation, and amortization, right? There are some industries where you're going you're gonna to be able to get paid based on perhaps a multiple of, I don't know, maybe revenue. There's some industries where maybe they just look at, you know, the, uh, the, the profit, um, you know, how do I set my expectations for what my business is worth? Because my experience is that everybody thinks their business is worth more than it is. So what, how do we set realistic expectations, Brad? It's a common problem and question that 
I have to uh, address on a daily basis. And, and I think the one of the challenges that uh, a business owner will hear that a friend of theirs who's in a absolutely unrelated business got two times revenue for their company. Uh, but they don't take into account that that company was a uh, high technology company that was uh, actually early in its stage of generating profitability or actually no even no profitability. Uh, so there's kind of a uh, misconception that all companies trade at the same multiple or um, you know, extension of their cash flow or EBITDA, as you referred to. So that's one of the bigger challenges com combined with the misconception that a lot of advisors out there will will tell the business owner that they can get much more than will most likely be achieved because they've got a vested interest in having them sign up to move forward and it, it becomes a challenge. But really the best way is to uh, work with an outside advisor uh, in the form of a valuation expert who can help look at comparables in your same same industry, same profitability, same growth, same uh, size of company, and make a judgment that there are comparables in your space that have traded at, for example, six times your EBITDA or cash flow coming out of the business, and use that to inform your decision about what is a realistic expectation of your business. Okay, so we've been talking about the owner and the owner getting out. Now I want to ask you about succession planning and how having a good succession plan in place adds to the value of your business. So if you're selling to a competitor, maybe a succession plan isn't as important. But if you're selling to someone who's buying the business for an investment, isn't a succession plan critical? Shouldn't we be thinking about who could replace us if we really want to exit the business? Absolutely. And it's it's uh, coming back to the why question I referred to earlier, whether you hold the business or you sell the business, it's very critical to, to always be looking to improve the strength and quality of your team, particularly at the very top. But, you know, from everything from CFO to chief operating officer to controller, you know, all the way all the way down, but particularly at the top. And I, I say that because most conversations that I have with prospective buyers, one of the first questions is, is there a logical replacement for you as the business owner to run the company? And, you know, sometimes that's okay. Other times it's not because uh, different private equity firms and different buyers in general may be uh, looking at it very differently where they want to bring their own person in or they want to move in themselves into that role and would only be looking for a transition period of time. But regardless, it's a, a question that needs to be considered and acted on to always identify who's going to replace you and uh, also critically to try to make that business owner not as critical on everyday decision-making in the business and to delegate to a quality team. All right. So now, Brad, I'm going to ask you to take a minute and think about three things that people should take away from our time together. Think about three things that people should keep in mind 
um, as we as we finish up our time together. As you're thinking about that, I once again want to remind you about Sandrowski Corporate Advisors because they make this show possible. They're a sponsor. And I'm going to talk right now about how Sandrowski can help you. Brad alluded to before bringing in some advisors, and Sandrowski is one of those people you should look at. That's a, They have a team of people. You should look at bringing them in. And here's the reason why. You may have heard me on previous shows talk about the qualified small business exemption that exists in the tax code, in the U.S. tax code. Well, Sandrowski Corporate Advisors can save you tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollars on the windfall you receive from selling your business if it's structured the right way. And this qualified small business exemption, it's called the QSBS, the qualified small business uh, exemption is critical, but you have to plan for it in advance. Sandrowski needs at least five years if your business is not structured appropriately and they're going to restructure your business. So here's what I'd like you to do. The best time for you to get somebody like Sandrowski Corporate Advisors involved in looking at your business from a structural standpoint is the day you form it. But you didn't do that. And that's not a big deal because you can do it now. I don't care if you're going to sell your business in 10 years or 15 years or seven years. This is the time to bring them in. Look at the industry that you're in because this only applies to businesses in certain industries. Sandrowski Corporate Advisors are the experts on this. You want to sell your business and shelter as much money as you can legally from taxes when you do so. Let Sandrowski help you with that. You can call them at 866-717-1607, 866-717-1607. Sandrowski Corporate Advisors is a CPA firm with a different perspective. Also remember, get my Revenue Roadmap Guide. It's your free business development guide. Go to revenueroadmapguide.com, enter your contact info, download the same plan I use with my clients. You can customize it for yourself, for your practice. Build your book of business so that you can make more money and have more fun doing it. Revenueroadmapguide.com, enter your contact info there. All right, Brad, what are the three things that you've come up with that we should take away from our time together today? Well, first and foremost, it's planning early and often. And we, we talked about in this conversation about two to five years being the right time frame. It's not uh, prudent or healthy to realize at the last minute because of a health issue, because of a divorce, because of a hiccup in the industry or loss of two big accounts to realize that it's time to sell now. So planning early and often as much as five years ahead of time is first and foremost foremost, what I would say uh, needs to be taken away from this conversation. The second one would be the, the power of having a team that is going to support you through the process and making sure that you're getting good advice from experienced people to get the best outcome for your results, whether that be tax planning, uh, M&A uh, attorney work and advisor to help lead you through the process, the wealth manager who's going to take care of your windfall from selling the business. All those things really take a team of trusted, strong advisors, uh, much of who you can identify through your own personal network, as you alluded to. Uh, so those, those, that is uh, critically important to, to uh, having a successful and high quality outcome in the transaction. And then third, look at what can you do to help get to your why in running your business to make every decision that you make dependent on 
what is going to be the best outcome for the business, regardless of whether I sell the company or hold on to it. And if, you know, for example, if you have a problem where you are making all the decisions and not delegating to a strong team, that needs to be addressed. If you are struggling with customer concentration, where your two top customers account for a disproportionate amount of the business, work on that and find ways to diversify the business into other directions or you know, activities. You know, another one might be IT systems and financial reporting strength and quality. Always be looking to make that better so that you can make better decisions and due diligence through uh, a transaction process will be improved and, and shortened and, and strengthened, frankly. So those are those are the big three that I, I uh, would implore you to think about as a result of this conversation and, and consider to be key takeaways. All right, Brad Mart did not disappoint. He brought it to the table today. Thank you so much for joining us. You really helped us get a good understanding for what we need to think about when we're going to sell our business. If you have questions for Brad or you're thinking about selling your business, the timing is right, or even better, you're thinking about selling your business five years from now, give Brad a call. Here's his number. 317-775-0050. Brad, it was such a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks for being here today. Thank you. Enjoy the conversation, Dave. All righty, folks, that'll do it for another episode of the Inside BS Show. My guest today was Brad Mart. He's the founder of Mart Partners. You can reach him at 317-775-0050. We will be back here again tomorrow with another great interview. Until then, here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.